you're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe uses 1 Peter 4 verse 8 to talk about the kind of grace God is able to extend us to forgive others, just as we ourselves have been forgiven. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm your pastor here. We are Every Nation Canberra. Every nation exists to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. Welcome to church. Say hi to the person beside you. Hello. Good to have you here. Our message today is entitled, Past, Present, and Forgiven, When Love Covers a Multitude of Sins. Can we open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8? We're reading from uh, the ESV. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. It's a very, very simple verse. First Peter actually is a letter which Peter wrote to encourage the Christians who were persecuted and guide them into what its life, life is like in following Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for reminding us to love earnestly. I pray, Lord, that your teaching of your word today, Lord, will guide us in love in the relationships that you have placed in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. There's a parallel verse in the Old Testament from Proverbs that says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. We read a lot of verses in the Bible that tells us to love others. But this particular verse actually tells us why we need to love others. The reason we need to earnestly love others. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, what does it mean for love to cover a multitude of sins? For love to cover all offenses? You know, there are times when we are faced with situations where our normal response would be to harbor hatred or to be indifferent towards a person. That's completely understandable. That's a, an understandable human response. We get offended, we get angry, we dislike people. But our word today tells us above all, meaning it is of great importance that we choose to love rather than hate. Even if what that person has done is completely, utterly detestable or despicable. Jesus even instructed us to love to the extent of loving our enemies, praying for those who persecute us and blessing those who curse us. I want to share with you a story that speaks about this kind of love and how it is possible for us to exercise and show this love, even if at the core of our very, very being, it's very difficult and we cannot, cannot find any reason to. This is the story of husband and wife, Elizabeth and Fernando Jimenez, who have forgiven a man who killed their daughter. The headline says, as her 24-year-old daughter lay dead, grief-stricken Elizabeth Jimenez also thought of the man who had caused her death in what was to become an incredibly moving tale 
of forgiveness. This family moved from Costa Rica to the UK with their two children, Joshua and Maria. And this is Maria. Her parents said she was always the happy little girl. She always wanted to help people. And her mom even said Maria knew she could trust me and her father to support and stand by her, no matter what happens. They were very close, and they always talk every day. This is her good friend, Nick, who Maria was telling her parents about. Five years ago, in the morning of March 23, 2017, at around 6 in the morning, the police knocked at Maria's parents' house. The dad said, Fernando said, nothing prepares you for the news that your child is gone. In Costa Rica, he said, I was that tough man from the streets. But at that moment, I just collapsed and cried. After telling his son, Joshua, what happened, they went to see Elizabeth to break the dreadful news. And this is what Elizabeth said. When my husband knelt down at my feet, and began to cry. She thought, oh my God, what is this? When he told me that Maria was gone, they just all wept together. This is what happened. The night before, Maria had asked her Singaporean friend Nick to take the wheel after a night out because she had too much to drink. Nick agreed, despite the fact that he didn't have any insurance. And for some reason, Nick was driving twice the allowed speed. The car crashed. Nick survived. But Maria, who wasn't wearing a seatbelt, did not survive. This is what her mother was thinking. She said, but through the shock and grief, I had one question so strongly in my mind. How would I want the world to react if this had been my own son or my husband? If it had been me, I instantly put myself in this man's shoes. While Elizabeth didn't feel any anger in her heart, Fernando didn't feel the same. He said, I blamed myself for buying her the car. I blamed myself for allowing Nick to drive it. Fernando remembers that the angle fueled him through those dreadful few days. He said, when I found out what happened, I wanted to kill him. Uh, she, he kept his thoughts from uh, his wife, Elizabeth, of course, who just at the same time didn't tell him that she made inquiries from the hospital about going to see Nick personally. She said, when the police refused to let me visit him, I was determined to speak to Nick. I needed to. So I called him that night when we got back from the hospital. It was the very first time that they ever spoke. All I remember, she said, is saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, to Nick over and over again. I needed him to hear me say that, and he just cried. Elizabeth and Fernando gave each other the space to grieve in their own ways for a few days. But after that, they decided they wanted Nick to visit them at home. 
she watched the scared young man walk into the living room towards Fernando. Nick hugged Fernando and he said, please forgive me. In tears, they both collapsed to the ground, all the while Nick repeating his request over and over and Fernando saying, I forgive you, son. I would like to ask you to group yourselves into four or five or talk to the person beside you. What do you think of the expression of love and forgiveness that Maria and Fernando, uh, that um, Maria's parents, Fernando and uh, his wife, what do you think of their response to Nick? And would you have done the same if you were in their place? Why or why not? Let's just take a moment, a few minutes to talk about it, and we'll share our discussion later, your answers to the questions. You know, honestly, we know what the right thing to do is. But if I were Fernando, I would probably have done otherwise. It's hard. Can we have someone uh, who like, would like to share their thoughts on what we uh, just discussed? Hannah. Hannah wants to share something. I like what she said about forgive, forgiveness. Yeah, so hi. So um, what I told Pastor about, if that would happen to me, uh, as a human, usually human nature, we are not forgiving and all that. But I probably would be uh, forgiving the one who killed my daughter because of God's grace. Because technically I'm not good as a person, but because God is good, I would probably do the same. Yes, that's good. I like what she said. I'm going to forgive her, uh, forgive him, not because I'm a good person, but because there's uh, grace from the Lord that would enable me to do that. Is there anyone else who would like to share what you talked about in your group? Nick? Since you're, you're, you're the guy involved, Nick, so... <laughs> I think uh, when we were talking about it, my dad said something uh, very similar, which was more out of obedience to God, yeah. um, as opposed to that feeling of, because the embracing part was the is the difficult part for me, yeah. the forgiveness, but to be able to hug that person and love yeah. them and say, I love you, that that's the hard part. Yeah. It's more out of obedience than anything else. Yeah. You know, this is a very beautiful story. You know what happened? When it became very clear that Nick would be prosecuted, he doesn't have any family in the UK. They decided to let him stay at their house for six weeks. Uh, Elizabeth said his family were on the other side of the world. He needed us, so for six weeks, he lived with us. We cook, walk, and it was wonderful to have him there. When Fernando said, I forgive you, son, it was the moment he felt his anger melted away. He said, mercy and compassion just came to me. At that moment, I let the blame and bitterness go. If I'd held on to these feelings, they would have destroyed me. 
Instead, I decided to love him. That's the moment he became a son to me. And this was the picture taken during that six weeks that Nick stayed with them. An incredible story of love and forgiveness. Paul reminds us to love others because love covers a multitude of sins. Does this mean that Fernando and Elizabeth's love covered or blotted out the sin of Nick? What do you think? Did it cover or blotted out Nick's sin? Does it mean that when you show love to someone, that love actually covers the sin of that person? It does not. Your love, no matter how radical and how unconditional it is, cannot do the thing which only our Savior's love can do. The only love that can cover sins in that sense is the love of Christ for us. The love of Christ led him to the cross to die for our sins so that all sins that are repented of might be blotted out, covered, erased, and forgiven. Our message today is very, very simple. When you are faced with a person who has offended you, who has hurt you, and, and a person who has done something terribly wrong to you, you always have a choice. You can always choose to love that person. You know, love covering sin doesn't mean it's like a carpet where you can, you know, hide someone's sins underneath. This love is the love that is like a light that reveals the sin of a person. It has the power to lead the sinner to God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. The Bible says love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. You might, out of your love, be willing to overlook sin. When someone does you wrong, you don't turn a blind eye. You don't pretend that everything is right. What you do is you choose to love that person in spite of what they have done. James said, He who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Love, rather than judging, seeks to turn the sinner from the error of his ways. Only in this way can love cover a multitude of sins. This is exactly what James was telling us. The love becomes the light. Your love becomes the light that can help them turn from their sin. Our love can help sinners face their sin and repent. You can always choose to love, regardless of what that person has done to you or others. Regardless of how deep the damage of that act has done to you, you can always choose to forgive that person. And forgiving means confronting that person for what they have done with righteousness in love. Remember Jesus telling us to love our enemies? Then he even asked us to bless them and pray for them. And in Romans 12:20 it says, 
If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If it's already hard to pray for someone who has done you wrong, how much harder is it to actually help them and serve them when they are in need? The call to love is universal. It doesn't only apply to people who are nice to you. We would love the difficult person in our lives just the way he or she is. And how do we do that? It starts with acceptance. To love is to accept that that person is different. This means that we love them for who they are, not attempting to mold the person into the image of who we want them to be. There is no love, remember, without acceptance. Acceptance helps us remember that regardless of the wrong that the person has done, this person is still worthy of the same love, grace, and mercy and forgiveness of our Lord. When we choose to love, not to love a person, we are placing a condition to their acceptance, a condition that was never placed upon us by the Lord a love that was never withheld from us by Jesus. To love is to forgive, not just once, not just twice, but as often as it takes. When we cover sin through the love of Christ, instead of holding their sinfulness against them, we choose to forgive them. We cannot justify their sins as a reason for us to push them away from our lives. We should not allow their mistakes to define how we look at them as a person because we all make mistakes. We all sin. We cannot stand by this verse and say that Jesus covers my sin when we actually withhold the same love to others, that same unconditional love that was not kept away from us. And finally, to love is to serve them. Pray for those who curse you. Bless those who persecute you. Feed your enemy when he is hungry. I know many of you would raise an eyebrow and say, I can forgive, probably, I can accept. But to serve them is too much already. I understand that what you feel is valid, but we are reminded today the love of Jesus, free and unrestricted, should be the measure of how we treat and love others. To cover sin means to recognize that Jesus forgives sin within ourselves and within others. And to cover sin means to root ourselves in the solid foundation of Jesus' love for all of us. We make the love of Jesus the ground on which we stand, the ground upon which we accept, we forgive, and we serve others. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. You may be persecuted by someone, blamed by someone, hurt by someone, criticized, cursed, offended, and even intentionally hurt by someone. 
You may not be in control of what others do to you, but you are in complete control of how you would respond to what they do to you. Our word today reminds us to always respond with love. It's not a dead end. When we truly understand the love of God that was not withheld from us in Christ, then loving is a choice that we can all make, even if it's the most difficult thing to do. Can, we, can, can I just ask you to like, reach out to the person beside you? We as a church should be a praying church. We should pray for one another. And maybe there's someone here who needs prayer. Maybe you know someone who needs to forgive a person who has done him or her wrong. Let's just uh, take a moment to pray for one another. And then we'll pray together for, as a church. Seeing the body of Christ pray for one another is a sight to behold. Let me just share this beautiful prayer with you as we bow down our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for reminding us to love one another earnestly. For love covers a multitude of sins. Lord, search my heart, and I ask you to reveal in me the people in my life that I need to love, even when it's difficult. Soften my heart where it has grown hard. Push me out of my comfort zone, and allow me to show love to those I'm indifferent to. When I'm frustrated with someone, my wife, my husband, my children, let love be my first thought. When I am offended with someone, let love be my first choice. When I'm hurting and broken, Lord, let your love overflow from the depths of my soul. Please let me love others as much like you as humanly possible. Heavenly Father, thank you for the ultimate example of love by sending your Son Jesus to die in my place. May I use the time I have left here on earth to never take for granted the love that you demonstrated in that moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God a praise. Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed weekend, and we'll see you again next Saturday. God bless you all. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every Saturday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungahlin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.